Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and I have a killer episode for you today. I am chatting all about sex clubs and threesomes and celebrating sluttiness with Zachary Zane. Hey, my name is Zachary Zane. I write the sex and relationship advice column at Men's Health called Sexplain It. I also have a digital zine called Boy Slut, which publishes nonfiction first-person erotica. And I have a book of the same name, Boy Slut, which just dropped and is available for pre-order. So please make sure to buy that. And that comes out May of 2023. That's right. Zachary Zane is a men's health columnist. Soph and I have contributed to his articles in the past. And I am obsessed with his substack. It's called Boy Slut. It always gets me in the mood, makes me super horny, and it has a message. And I also think it's so important to see bisexual guys out there living their best lives in media. And that is why it is freaking awesome to see Zachary doing his thing. I think he's like such a bicon. And I wanted to have him on today's episode in specific to talk on the topic of sex parties. (laughs) Because... We went to a sex club before we got our happy ending massages in Tokyo, right before the pandemic. And it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. Saw some shibari there. And just, I like the vibe, but I have never been to a sex club in the US and I really wanna go. It's actually on my bucket list for this year. I wanna go with my fiance. And so I asked Zachary here to give me the 411. Okay, so let's get into it. Awesome. This is going to be the best sex party ever episode. <laughs> so Love you're it. The, you're the best guest. But first, before we get into that, let's talk about your personal trajectory towards being a boy slut, I guess. <laughs> Where did you grow up and kind of describe your sexual awakening? So I grew up in Los Angeles in the Valley. I'm a proud Valley boy. And I grew up in like a um, like a reformed Jewish family that was actually pretty sex positive as far as things go, but I had still such sexual shame. You know, it almost like it doesn't matter necessarily if your family is super sex positive because you still live in the world, right? You right. still live in the sex negative world, and you still pick up messages from media, friends, school, society, all that stuff. And so I actually grew up with like terrible OCD. Oh. And I would have these like sexual intrusion thoughts where like I'd imagine people naked and then I would just start crying because I felt so, so guilty about it. So just to give you a sense of like where I was originally coming from. And then I think on top of that, I was struggling with being bisexual. Like I knew I loved women. I was attracted to women. I date women. Those weren't, weren't, those women weren't beards by any stretch of the imagination. But like, I also 
was like, hi, I'm kind of into men. I didn't think bisexuality was real in men. I thought that meant you were gay and closeted and confused. And so that was a whole, I mean, that, that's a whole 30 minute spiel that I don't necessarily need to give you now, but that was a whole journey to realizing and embracing that I was bisexual a little bit after college, after like five years of getting blacked out and hooking up with guys. And then like following that, almost when I came out as bi, I was like, well, I'm already living outside of like the regular norms of sexuality here. So let's kind of explore everything else. Let's explore ethical non-monogamy. Let's explore being a slut and different kinks and different sexual activities because I'm already ostracized and outside of the norms anyway. So let's at least do what I want and have some fun if I'm going to be not oppressed. That's not the right word. But if I'm going to be ostracized anyway, might as well have some fun doing it. Right. So, okay, I do want to, we don't have to do the 30-minute spiel, but I do want to talk about the bisexuality thing a little bit because I still think even in 2022, you know, like we've come a long way, but there's some guys I think probably still feel how you felt a long time ago. So like what gave you the okay to be like, okay, this is, I can come out like this. Yeah. So uh, again, I was hooking up with guys in college getting super drunk and blacking out, waking up in different guys' beds naked. And it's amazing how you're able to rationalize it uh, <laughs> and compartmentalize it. Uh, and you're like, well, I was drunk. It doesn't count. A mouth's a mouth. Uh, like, whatever it is. And I remember talking to my brother, and this is right after college. And he's like, you know, there have been gay rumors about me, your other brother. Like, we're all more feminine. We're all more in touch with our emotions. And I even explored in college, too, for maybe a month with a couple guys. You've been experimenting for five years at some point Mm -hmm. that has to be a stable you can't that's a stable identity you can't just say you've been experimenting for right five years and like as much as i was able to rationalize and compartmentalize you're like actually i want to take another year i'm gonna go back for my master's (laughs) exactly i made the joke i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be married to a man on our 40th anniversary i'm like thank you for being with me as i continue to explore my identity uh, and my sexuality thank you for being with me as a straight man we've been married for 40 years we kind of threw that end up seeing it like a therapist Uh and i remember on our second session I kind of was repeating the same spiel of whether I don't know if I'm gay, I don't know if I'm straight, I'm confused. And he said, Zach, I'm going to interrupt you here. Like being confused in like a therapeutic concept with regards to sexuality is actually like a term, which I didn't realize. He's like, you don't sound confused. You sound very clearly bisexual. Is there something I'm missing or understanding from your story? And I responded quickly. I'm like, that shit doesn't exist in men. And he replied, Zach, you're too smart to think that. which was such honestly a perfect response. But I think almost being granted permission to be bisexual and by a therapist, and not only are you maybe bisexual, you seem very clearly bisexual. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the issue here? And again, I just didn't think it was real. Uh, Because every guy I knew, I went to Vassar, which is a very queer gay school, but every guy who said they were bi came out as gay a month later. So I... No matter how egocentric I may be, I didn't think I was the only bi man in the entire world with this unique sexual orientation. I mean, of course, when I started writing about bisexuality, uh, which I've been doing now for almost a decade, Jesus, uh, (laughs) what I realized was I am not unique. Uh, Mm -hmm. My story actually mirrors that of millions and millions of men across the globe. And the number of emails I've gotten over the years, hundreds, if not thousands of bi men thanking 
me for sharing my story, realizing that they're by through me, realizing that they're not alone, that there's a bi community. Because, you know, for being the third letter in the LGBT acronym, there's just so little visibility. You know, gays don't even believe bisexuality exists. So how can we claim that we're this one large, mm -hmm. happy community if you're ostracizing, don't believe that we're part of this community? And that has also been very validating for me, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be like, as I started writing, I know very few openly bi guys. Now, most of my friends are bi, men, women, trans, non-binary. Most of them are bi. I throw bi sex parties where you have guys flying in for these events, like realizing how many of us there are. And now my job, as I see it, is to connect us and to create an actual community as opposed to us being disjointed and our only community being on Reddit or Twitter or virtual. I love that. Yeah, I think the media representation is like a huge part of it, right? And yeah. I have seen more of that over the last few years, too. So anyway, thank you for that. Of course. So you came out as a slut kind of right after you came out as bi. I was a slut before I was bi. Uh, in college, <laughs> in co it was so funny. In high school, I was not, you know, I wasn't the coolest or popular. I had friends. I'm not going to pretend I was a loser and overdo it. Like, I was friendly and people liked me, but I wasn't definitely the the hottest kid, you know, in my class. And I, I had such anxiety flirting with women because uh, at the time I was only flirting with women such anxiety with this and i remember i had a fake id and i'd go to a bar sit in the bar and build the courage to talk to a woman and go and just not be able to and then leave oh. it's also 18 you're figuring out right. so much shit and then i got to college and it turns out everyone wants to fuck in college you know what i mean it turns out it's just a very very expensive prostitute it was just a quarter <laughs> million dollar prostitute but especially going to vassar which is a very gay college like just a lot of gay people there and there are more women than guys like the women like oh it's a straight guy like we gotta we gotta fight for him so all of a sudden i was this hot commodity and i was like what the fuck this is so cool like what is this and through that you know i just started kind of having sex with everyone and it was awesome and it still is awesome but i think it was definitely i had that cliche almost college awakening and really enjoyed it and went for it Hey, privates, boo, boo, privates with penises, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self-pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. What? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with a universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. 
you define your luxury moment. And I just want to say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes. And in the meantime, you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time. So you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10. And it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off. Okay, so let's get into buy slut. Or I'm sorry, boy slut a little bit more. (laughs) Sure. It is beyond, it's like such great storytelling and I always get horny reading it, even if I'm Good. like, even That's if it's, <laughs> it's like a gay sex party, it does not involve me at all. And I'm like, oh my God, that guy just took 28 loads. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us why you started it, what you write about, and then we'll get into more details. Yeah. So especially for that. So Boyslet is like a digital magazine and we've published like nonfiction erotica. It used to just be, it started like as a newsletter and having my thoughts. Then I started publishing some of my sex stories and that really blew up. And then I'm like, you know what? I, as a queer man, I talk a lot about, you know, sex parties, threesomes, daisy chains, but there's a lot that I can't speak to. So then I opened it up to submissions. Also, if you want to submit, please do. Uh, you, you, if you just type in voice let submissions, it'll come up. I pay $150 a piece. And the idea with these pieces is it's not just smut. It's not just like it's going to turn you on. I think what really differentiates it is there's always something larger, whether it's you've learned something about yourself and your sexuality and identity, or this speaks to something larger, a larger cultural sex trend in society. And I think that's what I really like about it. So yes, it is hot. It is horny on Maine. It is sexual, but it's also, there's always something bigger. Mm-hmm. I actually have a book coming out also called Boy Slut. I literally started this magazine with the knowledge of the Boy Slut book coming out. Oh, that's smart. Because I was starting to write the proposal in 2018 is when I started writing the proposal. And then with COVID, things slowed down. And then like 2020 is like when I got an agent. And when I got an agent, I knew this was going to get sold as when I did the zine to kind of go along with it mm-hmm. uh, and also it's available for pre-order everywhere so google boy slut on amazon shameless plug but the, the idea is really simple the idea is just to remove sexual shame and to live your life sexually authentically and embrace it because you know as i shared a little bit of my upbringing i had such sexual shame you know you don't need to necessarily be I'm going to be a little shady right now, but you don't necessarily need to be a gay boy from the South who grew up religious, who got kicked out of his family for being gay and comes to New York and finds his chosen family. That's a great narrative and that's a great story Mm -hmm. and one that really monopolizes the media, which kind of I find frustrating. It's just like you don't need to have this traumatic experience to be sex negative. And the reason why 
I'm so passionate about this is because sex influences everything in your life. You know, it affects mm -hmm. your relationships. It affects your sexual identity. It affects whether you're happy at work if you're getting laid, if you feel confident in yourself, if you're feeling validated. It, it's such an element of mental health, which we're now realizing, which is why we're seeing so much more sex positive content, because we're realizing this isn't just pleasure. This isn't just enjoyment. This affects everything in your life. So the zine and also the book is not just about sex. It's everything that sex touches and influences, which is everything. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, because no matter who you are, you definitely have still some little elements of sexual shame. And when you reach that point of sexual embrace and freedom and confidence, life gets really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're from the Valley. It's like the porn capital of oh, yeah. <laughs> the U.S. And, you know, still, you know, what's so interesting, just slight side note, I have been reading this book called Buzz about the history of sex toys and she talks about in there how Betty Dotson, you know, with women's liberation, Betty Dotson was like, no, we have to do it through sex. Everyone else is like, no, we have to go through the political channels or like we have to go through like changing things at home or whatever. And she was like, no, we need to teach women how to masturbate. And you sound a little bit like that. Absolutely. And I mean, I speak to definitely being more of a man in this book, but of course, women have so many additional layers of sexual shame due to misogyny, due to inherent gender stereotypes and traditional heteronormative scripts. So that's another layer uh, that women have to overcome as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk some of your faves from Boy Slut. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. It's like asking me to pick my children. No, um, I know. <laughs> um, what are some of my faves? I mean, we can start with some of mine. And then yeah. I just want to give listeners a little bit of a taste of like what kind of topics you're talking about. One of my favorites was a two-parter about Cumfest. <laughs> if you want to share a little bit about that. <laughs> sure. Uh, that was That was just me going to a gay sex club during like the weekday. A friend invited me. And... It's so funny because, especially gay sex clubs, there's this thing where you still don't talk while you're there. It's like guys cruising. So you have, you know, and they love to have that same German techno house music from the 90s that seems to play at every single gay club in the history or sex club in the history of mankind. Everything is black with a few red dim lights. And then there's porn uh, strewn across the walls here. But I like, if you're in, if I get into like cum dump, mood and like horny mess mood which like i try to set myself into to go to this place because if you're just like feeling awkward it's like no you can't enjoy it right so i got there i was just a monster in the best sense of the word and also like the only one who talks audibly loudly being like you come here i want to fuck you you usually don't say that you usually just are like oh you go up and you look at each other i'm like no let's fucking do this and i was just fucking and getting fucked and taking all the goddamn loads I could have. And it's just like, you get, you get greedy and like, and you come all over my body, all over my fucking face. And literally I was just feeling so confident. We're like, you come here, fuck me. And they'd be like, uh, uh, me, you know, look behind. Like, yes, you. And they would do that. Uh, and it was just like so much fun. I think one of my other favorite ones. Hold on. Actually, let me just go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, me, let, let, me just, let me just scroll through here. Because there are ones that I've also have ones that I have written that are my favorites and one from others that I've written. 
Oh, oh, one just came out right now that actually I love. It's literally called Two Dicks, Four Pussies, Twelve Orgasms, Explicit Details from the MMFFFF Orgy. Oh, I love that one too. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that was just fun because essentially my friend, I, I, I'm good at many things, but like putting together a bed frame, installing windows, that is not a strength. I don't pretend it's going to be. So my friend who always like actually receives joy from doing this, asked him to do it. I'm like, hey, let me let me pay you back somehow. Like I can take you out for dinner. If you want to go strip club, I'll give you a hundred ones and we can throw around or we can have an MMF uh, threesome. And he's like, obviously I prefer that, which is what I figured his answer was going to be. <laughs> and so I posted online I was on Instagram being like, Hey, this is me. This is my friend. We want to do an MMF like uh, as a thank you for him doing this uh, anyone interested. And like 12 women messaged me being like, yes, Absolutely. So then I had to create a doodle poll to see who I could come. I love that detail. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> a, a being a slut is a lot about time management. It's a lot about sitting, it's, you know, you have to think ahead Your here. secretarial skills have to be on point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And so we found one where, like, four women could come uh, over. Sorry, <laughs> no pun intended here. So we do that. And it's funny because not, not all the women know each other. He doesn't know this. I knew everyone because there's somehow people... Uh, who either I've hooked up with or friends. And I, I just like really went into like host mode where it's like, I have the charcuterie board, I have cheese. And I'm like, also I'm like, how am I going to fit six people on my queen bed? And I don't want to have a one bedroom. I'm like, obviously a very small one bedroom because I live in Brooklyn, but like, I don't want people outside on that one couch. And then everyone here, I want it to be all together. So I got a queen blow-up mattress that I then put next to the bed so we can kind of have a threesome here and a threesome here. And it was just so hot. And it was so hot because, like, I did it with the mentality of me being like, well, th this is not about me. This is not about – this is about me hosting, making sure everyone wants to have fun. But it's like, yeah, I got to fuck four women, hook up with a guy. Uh, and everyone – especially when women are together, they come infinitely more than if it's just me and a woman. So it's like all that – like I turn over and everyone's eating each other's pussies and coming their goddamn face <laughs> off and gagging on dick. And I'm like – and I'm like, I did this. I curated this space. And I just – I was very just happy by the fact that I was able to create a space like that. So that was just a fun one as well. Other stories include, not written by me, but someone who fisted a friend as like a puppet show to a, a friend's birthday. I have one about how I, I got pegged by someone dressed as a clown. That was a funny one. It's like, I guess I'm now into Pennywise. Like, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, someone wrote about uh, a very funny Catholic school, like role play scene. Oh, I had one about like cruising in Croatia where we like fucked in a park. Mm -hmm. I have one where I fucked this woman where I was pretty sure I was being catfished, but in the case that I wasn't, I was like, she's so hot, I have to do this. And so that one's called I Thought I Was Being Catfished. The sex proved she was real. Let's see what else are some fun ones here. I'm talking about having sex with a drag queen in full drag where she like, you know, looked like a woman or at least a drag queen and like uh, how that really affirmed my like weirdly bisexuality like all at once. Um yeah. I've one about how the first time I sucked dick, it was over a bet on who could win in Super Smash Brothers. So a lot of fun things. A lot of fun things. I also want to, because you write about by slut in there too, which is a party that you throw, right? Yeah. So explain that. So by slut, I just threw the first one. Oh my God, I was so nervous doing it, but it sold out. We had 170 people come. 
And I actually just pushed the next buy slot. It was supposed to be September, but uh, because of monkeypox, I'm like, I want to wait till everyone is mm-hmm. double vaxxed two weeks out. And that way, let's not be a super spreader. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> let, let's try not be. But the idea was to create a space for bi men and their admirers. Because I've been to 10 billion sex parties in my life. I've hosted countless. And even when they say it's a queer sex party, that means... Men hook up with women, women hook up with women, but men don't hook up with men. And -hmm. it's not that these men aren't bisexual. It's that I think they're just so conditioned to not hook up with men in front of women because how many bi guys have been rejected for being bi or being assumed that they're gay or like whatever it is. And so what I wanted was an actual bi sex party that focused on bi men. I've never been to a party where it's like I see MMF threesomes, where I see a guy getting pegged while sucking dick, while I see DPing happen for him, or just just actual bi sex. Mm-hmm. Or I've never even been to a queer sex party where I've seen two men just independently having sex. It's just for women and straight guys, it seems. And I always that always bothered me. So I really was just like, this is obviously focused on bi men, but bi men have to sleep with people. So it's like bi men and their admirers. And I had guys who came who were just like, you know, I'm someone who's identified as gay my whole life. I've really wanted to sleep with women and I don't even know like how to do it. I'm like, this is the place to do it. And just tell a woman like, hey, I've never hooked up with a woman. And these are the type of women who will be ecstatic to take your straight virginity. You know, like that's the type of space. This was, I got DP'd for the first time by two dildos, uh, like by pegged, double pegged, if you will. Yes. Um, <laughs> which was sore the next day, to say the least. And so that was the kind of purpose of this party, to actually have a space that focuses on by men. And I remember there's one point where it's like, I'm downstairs and like, where there are like the 12 queen beds and everyone's fucking and sucking to save their life and i'm like in the center and like turning around like covering my mouth like seeing all the queer bi sex that's happening and i'm like i'm so happy drunk as that fuck i'm like i'm so happy it's happening this is what i wanted yes like freaking out overjoyed and it was a huge success so right now the plan is to do it uh twice a year bi-yearly uh, no pun intended, uh, just because it's so much work that went into it. And for that, like I had like boy slut merch and like I had a sex toy company send me free sex toys. So everyone nice. like left with like a free sex toy, lube, a boy slut, chapstick, uh, what else? Stickers. This next one, I'm going to like get it sponsored. So we have just a ton of lingerie. So everyone gets, you know, all the guys leave with sexy underwear, all the women leave with a sexy lace bra, whatever it is. And yeah, it's just a lot of work that goes into it, you know? And I think also keeping it twice a year keeps it exciting. If I start doing this every month, it, it'd lose its steam. But I want to make it and keep it being this big thing that people fly out to, that people take the train in for, that people rent a hotel and stay for the night. So unfortunately, it's supposed to be September, but I think everyone should roughly be vaxxed for their first, for their first monkeypox the next two, three weeks, which means a month later and then two weeks after that. So it'll be like, probably three months to play it safe. So hopefully sometime during fall before it gets cold. Cool. Well, I love that you're creating that space because even one of my best friends who goes to a ton of sex parties, I've talked to her about this too. Who's She's like, yeah, the guys never hook up. Like it's just never, it's, it's like almost a rule. It's weird. It really is. 
So, I mean, you just told me about yours, which sounds incredible, but what's like the best sex party you've ever been to? Uh, I mean, by slut, hands down, <laughs> obviously self-promotion. Uh, the best sex parties are usually not in public spaces, right? So I have like a big poly group. We're essentially we're a cult at this point, I, uh, but like, you know, it's like uh, 35 of us, we have a discord, we have events, we do all these things. And it's usually the ones where like we ourselves rent out uh, a space and like the 35 of us come we all allowed to bring a plus one so it's not just the same people we've been fucking forever and friends we get to meet new people and you can kind of do anything anywhere wherever you want because it's no kind of no rules you know what i mean in that regard and also you just feel a lot safer with that community you know what i mean because it's people you know because sometimes you go to sex parties and there's always going to be a creepy straight dude Mm -hmm. there's no way around that if you're going to a mixed gender sex party you're just so much less on guard because you trust these people and you trust the friends that they brought and then for that also it's like we can do drugs openly drink mm -hmm. openly i'm not worried about getting too fucked up because if i do i just know someone will put me down on a couch and right and i'll be good to go so it's just like a, it's creating that really safe environment are the fun ones that we are the fun ones that we do we have our own dj come in so it's I think there's a lot of issues with sex parties in terms of safety or being super straight where I go to a sex party and like, let's say I'd bring my boyfriend and like, it'd be like, oh, you can't go to the playroom uh, alone as a single man. And I understand the reason why they do that. They don't want those single straight creepy men coming in and cruising, but it's like, oh, I went here with my boyfriend. You guys said you were a queer, openly queer affirming mm -hmm. space, but I really can't even go downstairs with my boyfriend to have sex because we're two men. And I know the reasoning is not to discourage gay sex. I, I know it's to create a safe space. And like, they probably don't want to say, unless if you're gay, it's okay. Because then guys could maybe lie and say they're bi and still be creepy, or whatever the reason. But it's just like, okay, so like, this isn't a sex party for me, even if it's queer affirming. Mm -hmm. So I think creating these spaces, it's like, how do you find the people? Well, you find the people through going to sex parties and polyamorous events and you Google these things and you start meeting more and more people and kind of cultivating this own community uh, on your own. That I think is going to be the future of like sex parties, where it's just going to be more of us and our friends doing it. Yeah, it's more work, but it, the payoffs are totally worth it. I mean, how do you stay relatively safe at these events and deal with consent issues, which you touched on just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, safe in terms of STI, safe mm -hmm. in terms of potential sexual assault. I mean, all these places, we usually have a consent speech, like what we did for BISA. We have a consent speech at the door that really lets you know, like, this is about enthusiastic consent. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Always ask before touching. Anyone can take consent back at any point. Also, don't be a creeper. Don't stand two inches away from someone while they're fucking because essentially you're part of the scene at that point. Even if you're not touching someone, take a step back. So I think just being a very consent-focused space is one of the big things. For STIs, people typically wear condoms. And you just ask about your – like I get tested every month because mm – -hmm. I have a lot of sex and also I'm on prep. So I'm not worried about getting HIV mm -hmm. and with gay men, I tend to have a lot of unprotected sex. That's kind of the norm in New York since everyone's on prep. So that puts me at risk for syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia. So I get tested every month just because I want to make sure of that. So at least 
if I come back positive, it's not that, okay, I have a couple people to tell. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, if I waited three months or waited six months, then I have to tell half of New York City. Yeah, I have to take out a page in the New York Times. <laughs> exactly. Being like, I almost, I've literally been so close at times just posting on Instagram and Twitter being like, if we've had sex, I'm I'm not sending everyone a direct message because I don't remember who. If we've had sex, please get tested. But uh, I figured like, eh, I might get flack for that. But yeah, so that's the way we do it. There, there are still uh, consent violations. There always are. And usually within these groups, it's we're close friends. We know each other. Someone got a little bit too drunk. And obviously we discourage getting too drunk in these spaces because then you mm-hmm. can't give consent. And you're less likely to pick up on social cues. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you know you do get too drunk or you're on a drug and hopefully these people feel more empowered to say no because mm-hmm. these are friends and people that we know we also like at some of the sex parties have consent monitors so people who literally will be completely sober their job is for the hour to make sure no one's too super fucked up no one seems aggressive and then i think and this is an unpopular opinion because there are certain poly sex groups that I'm not a part of because I've seen the way that they respond to minor consent violations by almost going above and beyond kicking out this person, ostracizing them in a way where it's like, obviously if it is a bad consent violation, yes, this person needs to be removed for a matter of safety. If this is a one-time mess up, I think there's more restorative justice that can be done. But I sometimes think, you know, the irony of like the woke mob, yeah, the woke mob, but the irony of people who don't believe in the prison industrial complex, which I do not either, and believe in restorative justice for those people, and yet in their personal lives are quick to cancel. Right, right. Yeah, they, like I, I do find that ironic. But there are certain spaces where I've just seen how quickly they admonish. I'm like, no, no, like uh, this is a community that we've curated. People make mistakes, and if it's a mm-hmm. one-time mistake, if they do it, a second time, okay, that's a big thing. You kind of get to fuck up once minorly right. and that's it. So also having ways to you know, address these things. And also one thing I like to say is, and I've gotten flack for this too, but you got to say it, is if you're someone who doesn't feel comfortable saying no, you should not be going to a sex party. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who gets uncomfortable by someone saying, excuse me, and touching the small of your back in a space to get by, you should not be going to sex parties. There is a risk. And you need to acknowledge that you are taking the risk. Of course, we do everything possible to mitigate these risks and to create a safe space. However, I have certain friends who I've kind of told when they kind of say some things and they're really dealing with a lot of sexual trauma. And I'm like, I don't think this is a good space for you to be in at this point. I think you need to kind of work on yourself a little bit to feel more comfortable because at the end of the day, people aren't mind readers. And if you're not saying no and you seem into it or you don't feel comfortable or safe enough to say no in a wildly safe space, there's not much more we can do. I think we, you might want to take a step back at this point. I've told friends that to mixed response. But I, I think also taking a little bit of your own autonomy and acknowledging that you're always taking a risk. I, I, you know, I've definitely been, especially when I was younger, in gay sex spaces, I've definitely been sexually assaulted countless times, which is fucked up, and I don't want to normalize it. Not victim blaming, obviously not it's these guys' things, but I also remove myself from those types of situations. So I think it's finding a balance. And different groups, I mean, have different norms. Reading your newsletter, it's like some certain gay sex spaces. Yeah, so what I call, and I think I maybe coined this word because I tried to Google it to see if anyone else did, but I call it, you know, we have enthusiastic consent, did not coin that, but what I call opt-in consent. 
Yes. So if you go to a gay sex party and this guy's out on a sling, blindfolded, taking loads, you don't say, oh, can I stick my penis inside <laughs> your butthole? You, you, you fucking ram your dick in and you go hard. That's what he wants. And so enthusiastic consent is not the norm in that space. In those spaces, instead of a yes means yes, it is a no means no. So you're going to have someone walk behind you and grab your ass. Mm-hmm. And that is accepted. That is appreciated. That's like, now, if you don't want to, you brush their hand away. If they do it again, you say no. And if they do it after you say no, then then there's an issue. Right. The answer is you're going to be touched before you say yes. And that's what people like about it. People mm-hmm. like being touched. People like that element of fear that goes with it. And of course, with men, there's less um, safety. Con- uh, there are plenty of safety concerns, but it's not a man and a woman in this environment. You know what I mean? It is two men. It's two large men, whatever it is. There's left a safety concern. And so I love those spaces, but I definitely don't have that mindset when I go into a bi mixed gender sex party. That's not what it is. I engage in enthusiastic consent. So I think knowing what the different types of consent norms are in that space is it's super important. And I've seen this now with younger gay men and a little bit of a confusion that's happening. Did I publish this piece or did I not? I wrote about the definitions of this and I think I actually forgot about it. So I should publish that piece before uh, it gets out, different <laughs> consent norms. But the issue I'm seeing now is younger gay men who grew up in the era of enthusiastic consent, and that's what they know, going to these older gay sex parties and feeling unsafe or triggered. Uh-huh. And it's like, shit, like they're, they're right. And the, the issue is not with them. The issue is the gay sex party, not letting you know that this is the norm and that this is expected. And if you're someone who doesn't feel comfortable saying no, or doesn't like being touched without consent, then this is not the space for you. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with opt-in consent spaces. The issue for me personally is when you don't advertise that this is the norm of consent in this space. So there's confusions uh, heading in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is so interesting. Oh, you touched on this a little bit, but you were mentioning, you know, you're setting up this MMF threesome for your friend. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite kind of threesome? And I've not had an MMF threesome, but I've heard they're the best. <laughs> I, I mean, my my happy place. <laughs> is me is me getting railed by a dude while fucking a woman in her vagina. Mm. That is my happy lace. I am the king of daisy chains. I <laughs> I love it. And for me, it's really also affirming to my identity. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when I am fucking a hot muscle bottom, the big ass hairy chest, everything, I don't think to myself, this is really bisexual. I think this is really fucking gay. And if I'm fucking a hotter MILF, I think to myself, you know, maybe I have Oedipal issues, which obviously is a very heterosexual. No, I think to my, I don't think to myself, this is very straight. But when you are with a man and a woman simultaneously at this time, it really is affirming to my identity. I also don't feel like I'm picking one over the other, especially if I'm going out on a sex date. It's like, okay, I choose to have straight sex or I choose to have gay sex. Obviously putting those in quotes, there's no such thing as gay sex or straight mm-hmm. sex, but and, and so this is just really affirming for my identity. And also, I'm a greedy bisexual. I have it all. I like having a dick. I like having tits. I like having pussy. I like everything. And so it, it's very, it's arousing, it's affirming, and it's fucking fun. Okay, so what would you say to the straight guy, quote unquote, whatever, who is like, 
worried about even trying that. So, so I will say there's MMF and MFM. So MMF- Oh, right. Where the letter goes makes a difference. So MFM essentially means it's two straight guys hooking up with a woman. The F in the middle separates them from hooking up. So it's like the M is hooking up with the F. The M is on the other side is hooking up with the F. MMF means it's a bisexual thing. The two guys, the M's are next to each other. They're hooking up. The M and F is next to each other. They're hooking up. So I wrote this piece, which I, I can look how many views it's gotten. The last time I checked was like hundreds of thousands, which means people are Googling this question. But I wrote a piece that's called, I had a devil's threesome and didn't burn in hell. So I kept having them. And it's essentially being like, because there's a lot of fear around male sexuality that, you know, if I enjoy doing this with another man, that it makes me gay. And so much of the article is like, you're not gay unless if you want to suck his dick. Right. At which point that seems pretty, you're gay if you're attracted to him. If not, it's like you're watching porn. You never watch a guy and a woman have sex and you're like, oh, that's gay because I'm watching a guy have sex with a woman. You're like, no, that, that's that's what sex is. So I think, I mean, beyond like, I mean, read the article, it's pretty funny, but it's just like, just know it doesn't make you gay. It's a fun way to bond with your partner. Like, it's a fun way to bond with your friends, too. Like, you feel closer with your straight buddies afterwards. You know what I mean? And it's just a fun sexual experience and just approaching it as this says nothing about my sexuality. It's just hot because everyone's fucking everyone. And to enjoy it and have fun with it. So there was, I think it's still active, an advice portion of boy slut and i'm curious like what are the most striking questions you've gotten or if you've gotten any like repeatedly where you're like why is this such an issue for people or so that might be so i write the sex and relationship advice column at men's health so that is more the direct oh. advice column is from that's on men's health oh uh, i'm sorry the magazine. i am getting them confused no 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 people do quite often so that's men's health so i write that advice column so, I mean, the main thing, especially because it's men's health, is from guys are penis problems. So, and I don't answer all these questions, but I'd say 70% are, is my dick too small? Why can't I get hard? I come too quickly. That's 70% of the um, questions, because those are just kind of the biggest insecurities that people have. But, like, I'd say they're kind of uh, a few outside of that, like, most most of the questions, there's always an underlying question to their question. Right. It's always they ask these things. And so much of it, so much of it is, am I normal? Am I healthy? Mm -hmm. uh, is it normal that I have these kinks and these desires? Is it healthy that I have these kinks and desires? You know, they might be asking, how do I bring up having a threesome with my girlfriend? That doesn't seem like, am I normal or healthy? But the answer is, I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of being hurt or being labeled a deviant. So even in questions that I don't seemingly ask this, like, a lot of it is this. And the answer is always, yes, you are normal. You're completely fine. This is normal. It's healthy. I also talk a lot about helping people deal with rejection better because for such a universal experience, we've all been rejected. Maybe not Michael B. Jordan, but for the rest of us who have all been rejected <laughs> in our lives, you live. It's one of the things that unite us. And we've all rejected people, or maybe we've wanted to reject from people and have not done so successfully. But like, how to understand and better deal with rejection is, I think, part of what allows for sexual liberation as well. I'm seeing more and more for sure uh, in the past three years. Yeah, especially with COVID too. Um, a lot more polyamory and open relationship questions. Mm. 
than I used to get before. I think uh, we're beginning to normalize that. We're seeing so many more articles about that than we used to when I started writing eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was. There was a lot less about polyamory and open relationships. It's very, I don't want to say hip because it is that implies that it's like a, a fad and I don't think mm -hmm. it is, but I think there's definitely much more excitement and potential exploration for it. And because the articles tend to do very, very well. I know this just from looking at traffic. Now more places are writing about it because it has good traffic, but that perpetuates it snowballs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, have you learned anything else about uh, masculinity or men's sexuality working at men's health? Um, men are not okay. <laughs> that is what I'll say. And I think, I think, really including men in the sex positive conversation right now because what i think we're we're seeing is we have so many more ironically more resources for women about sex and sexual autonomy and places like cosmo have completely changed their tune to it's no longer how to please your man it's how to be a boss ass bitch mm -hmm. men don't have that and if like okay so now we're gonna have a generation of woke empowered women still sleeping and dealing with the same shitty men men need to be a part of this conversation and saying well they need to figure it out because they have male privilege that's not helpful we we make fun of men for having you know male tears so yeah they kind of do need to be coddled unfortunately in this setting uh and they're obviously men deal with toxic masculinity that affects them they're afraid to cry they feel like they have to be a sexually autonomous and powerful and when they don't feel this way when they feel emasculated is when they start being shitty towards women mm -hmm. so we need to help men instead of kind of leaving it up to their own because i think right now there actually are very few resources for men and that's what i do at men's health is helping them and bringing us into this conversation because we're going to end up with a generation of women who are just so much more educated and empowered and not wanting to deal with men's bullshit without men men who just feel like well i'm just being shit on for being my man it's like uh, yeah you kind of are but also we can't just shit on men either that's mm -hmm. that's not conducive that's not helpful we got to do better yeah it's not yeah i agree with you on that um we rescheduled our initial interview because you were getting your monkeypox vaccine if you're down to talk about that yeah that was hellish so essentially they have like 1200 doses for a million fucking faggots in new york and it's just like how is this so and the thing is it's only by appointment only so i was online i refreshed every and every time you clicked on a button to schedule it would uh the link would break because it was overloaded i refreshed about every five seconds for over an hour to get it and i got it and then once you go in everything's super easy because they have the appointment schedule i'm in, in los angeles i'm visiting my mom right now and one of my friends uh, was getting the monkeypox vaccine here, and they're doing it the opposite in LA. What they're saying is, it's not by appointment only. We list a site, anyone can come. So then they, my friend Jacob, they waited in line for five hours. Oh, damn. In the, in the sun, no water, outside, in Encino, scorching hot. No, like, it, terrible. So the answer, like, both are clearly shitty responses right. where one is you can't get access to it or you have to wait for five hours i mean the response has been absolutely terrible and you would think we would know better but it's such a pain but it's really i'm having so much less sex until i get my second shot and wait two weeks out just because 
it's a bad one. Not that COVID was not, but it's just like you were out for a month. You get sores. You get you look terrible. You feel terrible. Like it's not. It doesn't matter that I'm young and healthy, uh-huh. right? And it's you know every day we're seeing cases now go up exponentially. So it's right right now. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. It's going to be fifty thousand cases in two weeks. Unfortunately, they had the opportunity. I think it was in May. Dan Savage yeah. was or like or June. Dan Savage was talking about like we need an early response to this to make sure it doesn't get out of hand. And of course, they didn't. So now we're having this peak. Yeah, I think he said in May when there were only like 200, 300 cases. I, I think the good thing about this is that there's an end in sight. That even though it's very difficult to get it right now, in the next month, they'll figure some shit out and it will be easier to get. So there is it's literally just two months not having sex or having not going to big old sex parties, whatever it is, you know, try to do so a little bit safer. But there is an end in sight, which is good. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been freaking awesome. I feel like we just scratched the surface, so I might have to have you back. Maybe when your book comes out. Yes, which it comes people out. People should pre-order. People should pre-order. This is the first podcast I've been able to say. Um, so Google Boyslet on Amazon, and then when you get it, write a five-star review. Uh, I'm so excited! It comes out May 2023. I'll be doing my book tour all across the U.S. in June uh, during Pride, so that'll be exciting. So hopefully, I can meet you guys in person. But in the meantime, also. Uh, type in Voicelet and subscribe to the uh, the digital zine as well so you can get some raunchy erotica and follow me on social media Zachary Zane underscore on Twitter and Instagram all of that fun stuff awesome thank you so much yeah thank you thanks again to Zachary Zane I absolutely loved my primer on sex parties. Thank you so, so much. And if you enjoyed today's episode, which I think you did, if you made it this far, pre-order that man's book. Come on. And definitely subscribe to Boyslet on Substack. Trust me, you are going to love it. (laughs) It's going to be horny in your inbox and you're going to be sending me a thank you note. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to our Substack. It's just privatepartsunknown.substack.com. The link is in the episode description. And follow the show at privatepartsunknown on Instagram and at privatepartsun on Twitter. If you want to follow me, I am at Courtney Kosak, K-O-C-A-K, on all the social medias. Shout out to Amy Rausch for the bomb-ass theme music. For more info about Amy and her music, check out amyrausch.com. That's Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H dot com. This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda of Plastic Audio. He is my ride-or-die audio guy, and I cannot thank him enough. And after enjoying this content, can I ask you for a quick favor? If you could just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private, five-star ratings and reviews help so much. I know it seems like just a little thing, but you can do it right now. You can just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and then just click all five stars and voila, you're done. But it really, truly, honestly helps other people find the show. It makes the show look like a good worthwhile listen it helps the platforms decide if they're going to feature us or not and it makes us feel so so good and until next time i am wishing you lots of horniness and happiness and very consensual sex maybe at sex parties whatever (laughs) bye